It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. How strong is the Carolina Panthers 2023 draft class? I'll tell you right here on Locked On Panthers. You are Locked On Panthers, your daily Carolina Panthers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome into another edition of the Locked On Panthers podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, as always, Julian Council, talking Carolina Panthers with you every Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, your team every day. That's our motto here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And be sure to follow me, Julian Council, on Twitter, at Julian Council, where every single Friday I answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions either at at me or DM me over on Twitter at Julian Council if you'd like to participate in this week's edition of the Weekly Friday Mailbag right here on Locked on Panthers. Continuing to look back on the 2023 NFL Draft, the Carolina Panthers drafted Bryce Young, quarterback out of Alabama, number one overall in the hopes that he will be the franchise's quasi-savior and bring them back to respectability and bring... Sustained success here to Carolina, which David Tepper promised us years ago when he fired Ron Rivera. That did not work out with Matt Rule, but hope now with Bryce Young and Frank Reich and his new Panthers regime, that will be the case. We're going to look at the overall draft class and get a little help here from Joe Marino of Locked On Bills, but also part of Locked On NFL uh, Scouting, I believe is the podcast that he does um, now on on the network. Joe's a good guy, Uh, lives here in Charlotte. Of course, yes, covers the Bills, but he understands uh, what's going on here with the Carolina Panthers and has plenty of thoughts on the team. So going to get his thoughts as he covers the draft closely. He used to work for the draft network and get his thoughts on what's going on with the Panthers draft class. His thoughts on Bryce Young, that pick, if he would have gone with him at number one, what he thinks about what the Panthers did on day two. And of course, what the Panthers did on day three of the draft. So we're going to get into that right here on this edition of Locked On Panthers in just a moment. Are you looking for a delicious snack but don't want the sugar and calories and you need the best tasting protein bar ever built? If you're like me and you want to make healthier snack choices but you don't want to compromise on taste, I've got just a thing for you. Built Bars and Built Puffs. Built Bars are healthy and taste amazing. Seriously, they taste so amazing you won't think that they're good for you. But here's the catch. They are. So what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they are covered in 100% real dark chocolate. That's right. Real chocolate on every single bar or puff. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros and what's even better is that they are healthy for you. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. And now you no longer need to wait around and get your box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars and Puffs at Built.com, which you can still do to get their specialty flavors. But now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a 4-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. And if you're close to a Sam's Club, and of course, a member, run in and grab a 13-bar box of their hip flavors, brownie batter puff. And Chiro Puff, you can thank me later. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, back here on Locked On Panthers. As promised, Joe Marino. Follow him on Twitter at the Joe Marino. He's the host of Locked On Bills. He's also one of the draft dudes and the host of his new venture, the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. And Joe lives here locally in Charlotte, so that's why we have him on today to talk about the Carolina Panthers draft class. Joe, good morning, man. How you doing? Hey, Julian. I'm doing good. Good to be on with you talking football. It's been a minute, but always enjoy our chats. Absolutely. And, and go ahead. Let people know what you and Kyle Krabs are talking about in your new Locked On NFL Scouting podcast. I think you guys have been doing that for a, about a month or so. Really excited about that new venture here in Locked On. Yeah, we took the Draft Dudes podcast, which has been running since 2016, and brought it to the Lockdown Network. Now we're the Lockdown NFL Scouting Podcast with the Draft Dudes, and we have a big-time focus on team building and why teams make the decisions that they do and how they impact the long-term vision. And so we look at that through the lens of the draft, through free agency, trades, uh, expiring contracts, all that type of stuff. And so it's a obviously daily podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. And I'll tell you one thing that we're going to be doing very, very soon is assessing all of the situations that these rookie quarterbacks are entering into and obviously Bryce Young will be a big topic there we're going to assess the O-line the coaching staff the the weapons the defense the environment right like what is he stepping into because we really believe that teams bust players more than players bust teams and so what have teams done to allow players to come in and allow them to have their best success and so that'll be coming up next week for Panthers fans that are looking for us to talk a little bit about the Carolina Panthers and of course Bryce Young who's one of the biggest topics in the NFL right now. Yeah, well, let's talk Bryce Young, number one pick in the 2023 NFL Draft. We spent 48 days on this show talking about who the Panthers would take at number one. Now, at the end, it was a little anticlimactic after all the news was coming out that the Panthers were favoring Bryce Young. I didn't get to talk to you leading up to the draft. Who was your top quarterback? How did you feel about the Panthers and their choice at number one? Who was my top quarterback? I guess if you made me pick one, I'd say C.J. Stroud out of Ohio State. I liked I liked things about all these quarterbacks, but I had concerns about all of them, right? And so sure. I can I could probably talk myself in and out <laughs> of any one of them. Uh, so um, I hate to teeter the line there, but you know I, I just I didn't have a ton of convictions about any of them, to be honest with you. They're like I mean, obviously we're going to focus in on Bryce Young with, with Carolina and Julian. The best way that I could describe my um, thoughts towards this pick is that I'm excited and I'm nervous, right? I, I'm, I'm willing to live in both worlds. I'm excited because Bryce Young's one of the most dynamic players we've seen in college football over the last couple of seasons and uh, really instinctive playmaker. You love the flashes of accuracy. You love what he can do off script. The intangibles are off the chart, right? You have no concerns about the leadership, the work ethic, all that stuff that really matters outside of what they can do on the field. And I feel like him and Frank Reich is the perfect marriage of people. I think they're like-minded and I can really see the organizational fit making a lot of sense with Frank Reich kind of really, you know, having a big a big role. He's the head coach of the team, right? He's gonna, his vision is yeah. going to be really important moving forward. So I could see him aligning well with Bryce Young and and Julian. I know the the size conversation is a tired conversation, but it's a worthy conversation in my mind. And that's where I get nervous because I like the player, I really, really do. But 
I mean, he's an outlier, right? No, no matter how you spin yeah. it, you can be the biggest Bryce Young fan in the world, and you can't avoid the fact that he is a tiny dude. He is small, 5'10". He plays in the 190s. I know he weighed in at 204. Let's be real about that. I mean, he plays in the 190s. Uh, he's a small guy, thin-boned. He's not going to bulk up, right? He's not a big guy. Um, and so not that I think you have to be a monster to play quarterback in the NFL, but, I mean, 5'10", 190s is small. But there's two other numbers that concern me with the size dynamics. One of them is that uh, he holds on to the football last year at Alabama over three seconds per per throw, right? I mean, that's that's yeah. not a world he can live in. That's that's high in NFL standards, right? I mean, that that's getting into where you get nervous, right? You want you want the ball to come out quicker. And then the other number that makes me concerned is thirty two point four percent, and that's the percentage of pressure that he faced last year at Alabama that was his fault. That's number one in college football. Not, not I mean, not not just amongst draft eligible quarterbacks. Number one in college football by a lot. The number two was 27.3%. He's got a nice commanding lead there. And those are two things that are going to have to change, right? You, he, he, he's, you want him to be able to play off script. You want him to be creative in the pocket, but he's got to protect himself. And so, I mean, that concerns me. And look, he's a guy that if you, you watch him play, he's on his tippy toes. A lot of the time he's on his tippy toes. And when you play quarterback, you want all your cleats in the ground. That allows you to have a sturdy base. That allows you to find quick platforms. That allows you to make sure that you can get all of your lower body torque into throws. And you've seen that be an issue for him at times. So, like, I, I'm excited about everything. I want him to work out. I'm a Charlotte guy. My wife loves the Carolina Panthers. Okay, I want this to happen. And I can get excited. But there's also that part of me is that, like, man, there are some worthy questions here. I know it's tired, the talking points. But I it, it's it's never going to escape him, right? It's it's the opposite of yeah. Cam. We, we live through this with Cam Newton in a completely different way. Like he's taking hits, he's got to change his style of play, but he's big and he can handle it. Now it's like, okay, well now we got the com- complete opposite. But I think he's going to be, he's going to be really fun to, to to monitor, and I can tell you, I'm rooting for him. Well, I give you credit, Joe, because you do bring up the height, and that, of course, yes, it's been one of those tired uh, talking points. But you didn't brought up some of the other issues you had at Alabama about holding onto the football too long, you know, causing more pressures that are self-inflicted. So I appreciate that you brought that to the table, which is why you're on. And by the way, folks, he's saying he's a Charlotte guy. He's wearing a CLT hat right now uh, for a former Charlotte Knights hat. So he's for folks not watching on YouTube. He, Joe's a Charlotte guy. He's married to someone from Charlotte. So I appreciate you, Joe, for giving that breakdown. Because honestly, that's kind of stuff that we haven't really heard that much of leading up to the draft, even post-draft, when discussing Bryce Young. But I'm excited to watch him play. I also am a little nervous, like everybody. And the height is going to be a thing. And not really the height, but the weight is going to be a thing until it's not. Until maybe 10 years from now, he's never had a significant injury. He's never missed significant time. But until we get to a decade away, and Bryce has also been uber successful in Carolina, it's going to be, like you said, a worthwhile talking point. Now, for Frank Reich and the organization, Frank said it on Thursday after taking Bryce Young. When you look at the tape, he is the best player. That's what they felt. But day two, I was very interested by their selections because where – with the first pick, they went with the pe- at least the guy who they viewed as the best player at that position. I'd hard, I'd be hard pressed to believe that Jonathan Mingo was the best wide receiver available, especially based off of his college production. And I also kind of feel the same way about DJ Johnson, mm-hmm. who they took, they really traded up to eighty in the third round out of Oregon to be the best edge rusher. I understand it was a run on edge rushers going on; they didn't want to miss out, but they went out there and got a project. It felt like day one they made the obvious pick, where day two. 
they were kind of reaching with the two prospects, even though I can see what they see just on paper and also just watching them back in college wasn't that overwhelming. Let's start off with Mingo. What was your overall thoughts on the Panthers taking Jonathan Mingo, the wide receiver out of Ole Miss there at 39 in the second round? I'll tell you, Julian, I think the order of the receivers in general really surprised me, um, to be honest with you. And I think Jonathan Mingo kind of fits into that. Um, I remember not being super familiar with Mingo before the Senior Bowl. And then I get to the Senior Bowl and I'm like, who's that guy? Right. He had that he had that like gravitational pull for my eyes where I'm like, I don't think I know this player, but I think I need to know this player uh, just yeah. because the way he moved his size, the way he looked right. I mean, you, I mean, I don't know. You, I've heard people talk about when they play catch with a, uh, with a, with a, with like a professional baseball player, the way that the, the, the ball hits the glove, the way that they throw the, like their rhythm of just playing catch. You just know that that's a dude, right? He kind of got that impression just looking at Mingo and I didn't know much about him. And of course I, I've since studied him and came very familiar with his game. Um, height, weight, speed guy. Um, you know, the production wasn't that good at Ole Miss. I, and, you know, I, I think that you can recognize that, but maybe his best football is ahead of him. I think Ole Miss in that Lane Kiffin scheme can really accentuate things at times, but also can hide production. And they really leaned into the run game last year in, in different ways that I, I hadn't expected. And so they, their offense had a different look and feel. Um, but I think he's a guy with, with traits, right? He's a bet on traits guy where I think his best football could be ahead of him. You know, I, I wonder what it means for Terrace Marshall, who kind of came on a little bit last year. And that's that's exciting. But like we the, the first two years happened right where he was just like yeah. a completely non-factor. So, you know, you don't want to put too much into it, but he did emerge. He got some veterans there, but, you know, some shorter term contracts as well. I don't know that he's going to be a big year one impact guy, but I think he can be an X receiver for them beyond this year, kind of gain some some opportunity this year and be a bigger factor in years to come. I, I think they had a need at receiver. I might have went with a different player. I might have waited a little bit longer on receiver. We're talking top 40 pick, you know? Uh, so, yeah. I, I mean, you can you can have questions about it. I, I do think he's got a chance to be a meaningful player for Carolina. Yeah, and I felt like going into it initially at 39, I was thinking that wide receiver should be the choice of the Panthers. I ended up going with edge rusher. I felt like it was probably the more pressing knee, getting someone opposite of Brian Burns. And look, they only have, heading into the draft, they only had one wide receiver who was under contract past the 2024 season, and that's Adam Thielen, who's going to be 35 in 2025. Yeah. So they obviously need to go and bring somebody in. And you bring up the Terrace Marshall point's a good one. I also agree that likely Mingo's not going to come in here year one and make a massive impact. And Marshall really did show us some things in the second half of the season, but that's a different coaching staff, different opportunities. So we'll see. I do think it was a worthwhile pick to bring in a wide receiver. I just don't know what the returns are going to end up being with Jonathan Mingo, at least this year and even in the future, as he's someone who is going to have to show some production in the NFL level. And I, I'm always weary of taking a player who wasn't overwhelming at college, never led the team in, in receiving yards. And Ole Miss, is, it's not like it's not a place where some NFL caliber wide receivers come in and out every year who have big-time seasons yeah. and careers in the SEC. So Mingo, yes, he's got the traits, and it looks like day two with that pick. They're looking at the traits. Sean Jefferson, their wide receiver coach, apparently really liked him. He had a really good visit. So the Panthers obviously saw something there. Well, Julian, you know, Mingo kind of had this narrative – throughout the draft process where he was everybody's favorite third round receiver, right? And when yeah. he's everybody's favorite third round receiver, that means he's probably going higher. And then Peter Schrager mocked him in the first round. I'm pretty sure like the week before the draft. And I, and I oh. saw that and I was like, yeah, he's not going to the third round. And so I, I was kind of bracing myself for him to be a, a high pick. And so um, had that not happened, I, I may have been a little bit more surprised, but you know, Schrager's well, well plugged in and, and certainly he got some type of a tip that this guy was going to go early.
Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's look at uh, what happened round three. The Panthers originally at 93 decided to trade up to 80 with Pittsburgh. Also gave pick 132 there in the fourth round to draft DJ Johnson, the edge rusher out of Oregon. DJ Johnson originally a tight end, then went to Oregon, became an edge rusher, also still played a little bit tight end. Feels like another one of those you're betting on the traits kind of draft picks by the Carolina Panthers. As mentioned earlier, there was a run on edge rusher. Scott Fitter, the general manager here in Carolina, said as much on Saturday, following the drawer, I guess Friday or Saturday, whenever he talked to the media and said, hey, we didn't want to miss out. We saw a guy who we think we can develop. DJ Johnson, your thoughts on the Panthers trading up to go get him out of Oregon? Yeah, they gave up a fair amount to move up 13 spots in the third round. Um, I, I I see the need, right? I thought that was one yeah. of their primary needs uh, along with quarterback receiver edge, right? I think they, I think we all kind of knew what they needed to get done. Um, but I'll say this. I mean, you mentioned the, the position switches. I mean, he's going to turn 25 during his rookie season, right? So I love betting on traits, I, but I, I don't, a raw 24 year old that that's concerns me a little bit. Um, yeah, I mean, how much time do you have? If you don't have much 25 in the middle of the season. Well, yeah, I mean, his rookie his rookie deal is going to be 29 at the end of it or something. I mean, it's that's tough. Um, I, he's bet on traits, right? Any length, athleticism's off the charts. It's there. I mean, you wish that he had a little bit more to show for it in college. So I, I think you can apply a lot of the Mingo conversation to the Johnson conversation. Um, but, you know, I, I like the defensive coaching staff to be able to maximize his potential. They obviously like what they saw. They're comfortable with whatever happened on the field during the Oregon game. I know that that's been a little bit of a topic. I don't put much into that, but um, bet on traits. Let's hope you can develop. For context, sorry, for people out there, Oregon State beat Oregon, stormed the field. We saw these incidents incidents happen multiple times last year in college football, and apparently DJ Johnson took it upon himself to strike a fan. So there we are. Never good to punch a fan, you know? No. Fans also not supposed to be on the field, but I understand that situation. (laughs) You can't do it. Right. You You can't do that. Right. But I go ahead. Continue your, your your thought there on Johnson. Sorry. No, it's it's just a matter of can, what what what's the, how quickly can we get him to his ceiling and how much of an impact can he make? Right. I think that's the question. And they they you know they stuck their neck out for this guy. So um, bet on traits. I, I like that. I just wish there was a little bit more foundational ability there uh, to make me feel better about what he can become. Yeah, and also, I mean, you say after his rookie contract, he's made twenty nine. Like, is that even a guy that you dole a second contract out to? Because that's that's getting up to the age where. Do we really want to invest in him, especially long term? Right. Right. That's it's a fair. It's a fair question. Well, you like guys to be about 26 when they're coming out of that first that first rookie contract, 25, something like that. So yeah, especially when you look at some of the guys on the roster now, like Brian Burns, a younger player, Derek Brown, all those kind of guys, Jeremy Chin, where they're going to be right in the middle of their prime, right? As Johnson is going to be a rookie trying to figure it out at the highest level of football. Now, I, I want to go back kind of the second round because I, I was looking at 39. I told you originally I was wide receiver, but then I was really an edge guy. B.J. Ojolari was someone that we talked about, and I saw many mock drafts, mock him to Carolina at 39. He was on the board. What were your thoughts on him? Because it feels like Carolina, if they wanted an edge rusher, probably should have gotten one early. Like They should have flip-flopped. If they want an edge rusher, get one at 39. You want a wide receiver, maybe find somebody there at 93. Had they stayed there, if you want to trade up in the third round, what do you think about kind of that approach, how they went about things in second round, especially a guy like Ojolari sitting there on the board? Yeah, I agree. I think the the value for receivers was waiting. And with, I mean, it was deep edge class as well, but I like the, I like the options that they could have considered at edge at 39 and then waited on the receiver, especially with some of the guys that fell. Um, yeah, I, BJ Ojolari would have been a pick. I'd, I'd have celebrated a lot. I'm a big fan. Um, unrelenting motor, quick, explosive, He's got a lot of moves, which I love, different ways to beat blocks. He's 
got some good bend. You know, he's a leaner rusher, right? He's not a, a big dude, but I mean, I think he competes well against the run. Um, it, he's he's a very very likable player. Um, if you can just get pa- get past it, he's a leaner rusher. But those guys are working out more and more, right? You're seeing, you know, some of these yeah. even like Baron Browning, Micah Parsons, those types of guys getting a chance to rush, and, and they're being very very successful because they can just out quick guys. And I think BJ Ojolari had that type of skill set. Yeah, no, I agree. That's a pick I would like to have seen them make. But, hey, it, it's over and done with now. So we'll see uh, how Johnson and, uh, and Mingo, I, I think he's got a chance. But Johnson, that one is, I, I don't really understand that at all. So day one, they went with the obvious pick and Bryce Young for them. Day two, they went with the traits. And then day three, it feels like the Panthers went back to, okay, which guys actually produced in college and can possibly come in here and help us because we only have two more picks, one in the fourth round, one in the fifth round. They're starting off in the fourth round, uh, pick 114 in the draft took Chandler Zavala from NC State, the offensive guard, who played alongside Iki Aquanu back in 2021. Now he only played five games with Iki because of a season-ending back injury. But last year for the Pack, started every single game at left guard. He's now here in Carolina, and I think he's someone, we look at the interior of the offensive line, could push Brady Christensen. He adds some depth. I know Austin Corbett is expected to miss some time to start up the season. Now, Cade Mays, who they drafted last year out of Tennessee, probably fits in there at right guard to start off the season. But Zavala comes in, brings in some depth, and the offensive line certainly needed it. I felt like they need more depth on the outside at tackle, which is still a need for the Panthers. But your overall thoughts on Chandler Zavala now here in Carolina and potentially his fit on that offensive line if he gets an opportunity. Yeah, I like Zavala. This is a pick that I thought was really good. Um, like you mentioned there, a nice depth for the interior. Could push Christensen. Could be a nice hedge over you know, what's going to happen at right guard to start the year. He's a guy, what, he started at Division II, uh, went yeah. up to NC State, played really well, right? He leveled up and proved himself. He was a, a, a darling of many uh, during the draft process here and kind of surprised he didn't get a combine invite, but went to the Shrine and, and looked really, really strong. And so I like the way NC State uh, develops their offensive linemen. I think he'll fit in well. I think he's scheme versatile, so you can do zone and gap with him. He gets after people. I mean, he was he's kind of like, again, in, in some ways like Mingo, like everybody's sleeper guard and then – you know, as it can't be everyone's sleeper guard. Eventually, you, you you know that this is a nice player. So I thought it was yeah. good value. I, I see the path. I, I think it was a good pick. That's that's one that I liked, and I like their next pick too. Yeah, no, absolutely. And you know, look at NC State. You bring up a good point. Like Ike Kwan, first round pick. Garrett Bradbury, first round pick. State's done a really good job being able to develop those guys in the trenches you bring up and you allude to the fifth round pick I pick 145 it's Jamie Robinson who first team all ACC the last few years at Florida State a program that's been turned around by Mike Norvell and when I saw he was picked by Carolina this might have been the pick outside of Young that has me the most excited he's an undersized dude I think he's listed at a safety has versatility played nickelback but Jamie Robinson was a stud and to get yeah. someone like that who was a good player in the SEC at South Carolina, a fantastic player in the, SC, at, in the ACC at a big-time program at Florida State, I think that's a great move by the Carolina Panthers, and it sounds like you agree. Yeah, I'm a big fan of him. I, I mean, I know it's like the worst possible analysis in the world, but I think he's just a football player. I, he's one of those guys, man. I mean, gets after people. He's always around the football, right? There's some safeties that really embrace being the last line of defense and just kind of staying over top. Now, Jamie Robinson wants to be involved. He's physical. I love that about him. Very instinctive, uh, rarely out of position. You wish he maybe had a little more ball production, but I, I really like him entering this defense and especially getting a chance to play with Von Bell, who I think, you know, there's some stylistic similarities there. You know, I know Vaughn had some an uptick in ball production, but he's a guy that you always kind of said, ah, I wish he had a little more ball production, but physical instinctive, always around the football, um, really embraces being a tone setter. And I think you get a lot of that in Jamie Robinson. So uh, for, was he, was he fifth round? 
Yeah, fifth round. Fifth round, you're going to get um, you're going to get a, a day one core special teamer that I think has developmental appeal to start eventually for your defense, and I think that's exactly what you're looking for in the middle of day three. Yeah, and absolutely. Marlos Hartsfield was a UDFA back in 2020 out of Ole Miss. He started at Nickelback the last couple of seasons. He's now followed Steve Wilkes to San Francisco, where Wilkes is the defensive coordinator. So that was a need for the Panthers to add another safety, but also to have someone who can play that Nickelback position. Now, just looking at the, the class overall, and just kind of the direction of the organization, I saw that you and Kyle were talking about what does each draft class signal for each of these teams in the NFL. The Panthers get Bryce Young. They get their quarterback. They go out there. They get some depth in the offensive line in Zavala. They get a guy like Robinson who can potentially project to be a starter. Then we'll see how the day two guys like Mingo and Johnson fare. Overall, looking at this draft class, what does this mean with Scott Bitter here taking over as kind of the role as, as having control of the roster, Frank Reich and this new coaching staff? What kind of direction does this all signal for the Carolina Panthers heading into 2023 and beyond? Julian, I'm really really impressed with how quickly they were able to make this roster formidable coming out of the Matt Rule situation, parting with what they gave up to get to number one. And, you know, it was you're looking at this roster at the beginning of the offseason. You're like, man, can they draft a quarterback? Can they get enough meaningful veterans in on this offense to give them a chance? And then they did. Right. DJ Chark, Adam Thielen, Hayden Hurst, Miles Sanders. Uh, the offensive line really kind of took a big step last year, and what Icky was able to develop into after a couple of you know a couple of rough games at the beginning. But man, he he really stabilized and looks like he's going to be an absolute stud. And and so I'm really impressed with not only the the personnel that they were able to get in on this offense, but the coaching staff obviously has been widely celebrated, and it's rightfully so. I mean, a lot of a lot of experience, a lot of uh, fresh minds to go with some vets, right? I mean, it's it's unbelievable what's been put together, and so you feel like directionally from the roster, from the coaching staff, it's in good shape. Defensively, they're already pretty strong. I mean, a few gaps here and there yeah. to, to fit in. You love the defensive coaching staff as well that they were able to bring in to maximize their talent. Still a lot of young developing players too, right? I mean, have we seen the best of J.C. Horn, right? I mean, I, I think that's exciting to see what what he can be this coming season. So I, I like the direction, and it's like it's, it's a team that's – they're obviously rebuilding. They're obviously a team in transition, but why can't they go win yeah. the N NFC South this year? I mean, you look at this – I could talk about like just like with the quarterbacks we talked we started at the beginning. I could probably talk mm -hmm. myself into any one of those teams winning the South. And obviously, yeah. you know, it's going to come down to how quickly th this offense can come together. That's probably where there's going to be the there's the most new pieces, new coaching, right? That that's going to take a little time. But if if they can if they can uh, reduce that curve a little bit, they got as much talent as any team in that division. And who knows? Maybe we're hosting a playoff game here in Charlotte next January. That would be nice. And honestly, looking at this draft class, especially getting Bryce Young, what it signals to me is like there's actually hope here in Carolina for the first time in a while. The last couple of years with the quarterback carousel and trying yeah. to sell people Teddy Bridgewater, then Sam Darnold and Baker Mayfield and folks throwing their their hopes and dreams in the Matt Corral. They traded up in the third round to get, which I felt like was a panic move. And now they actually have a quarterback who they can believe in. Now, there's also like we talked about early, there's a reason to be a little concerned. But we'll see how it works out, and I feel like right now the Panthers are foundationally in a good spot where they have not been in a very, very long time. It's Joe Marino of the Locked On Bills podcast, also the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with one of the other draft dudes, Kyle Krabs. Follow him on Twitter, at the Joe Marino, and of course, he is a Charlotte guy living here locally. Joe, thanks again, man, for coming on the show, breaking it down. Love all the work that you do out there, and appreciate you as always. All right, Julian, thanks for having me on, and uh, this was fun. Yeah, of course. Uh, we'll take a quick pause here in Locked on Panthers. Come back and wrap up the show. 
If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Great conversation there with Joe Marino of Locked On Bills and Locked On NFL Scouting, a new podcast he has here on the Locked On Podcast Network with Kyle Krabs, the other draft dude, very locked into what goes on in the draft. So love to talk to Joe Marino, who is a Charlotte guy, lives here locally. You saw if you're watching on YouTube that CLT hat. So, of course, he had to come in and uh, show how much he does appreciate the city in which he resides in and the team that is here in this city, the Carolina Panthers. So good stuff there from Joe Marino. Follow him on Twitter at the Joe Marino and check out his podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. But that's going to wrap up this edition of the Locked On Panthers Podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, hosted by yours, Julie, Julian Council. Again, y'all subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. Follow me on Twitter at Julian Council, where on Fridays I'll be back here to answer your weekly Friday mailbag questions, either at me or DM me to participate in this week's edition of the weekly Friday mailbag right here on Locked On Panthers. But in the meantime, be safe, be happy, be whole. As always, keep pounding, and I'll talk to you all on Tuesday. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.